0: At the dawn of the 20th century, my family, like many of yours even earlier, opened the western frontiers of North America to European settlement. One branch of my family came from Aberdeen, Scotland. When they came to the United States, they trailed as sheep across the southern prairies of Canada until they got to Montana, where they came south and began to homestead. The first Chalmers Livestock Range was nestled up against the Rocky Mountain Front, near what is now the Bob Marshall Wilderness. To the west of their homestead, the Rocky Mountains jut up out of the immense prairie that flows east all the way to Minneapolis, to Chicago, to the Appalachian Mountains. The mountains here are massive slabs of stone that were thrust into the sky about 100 million years ago, with Plate tectonics, they were folded and tilted and crushed, and and there they are. It is stunning country. But life on the frontier was treacherous. The land was rocky. It was not good for farming. Predators, grizzly bears, coyotes, wolves were a constant threat to the sheep. The grizzlies still come out of the mountains even now to harass, harass the animals that are in their corrals. And unmitigated disaster happened one windy summer day. There was a a grass fire that swept across the range, and it encircled the sheep, and all 6,000 of them perished that day. David and Anna almost lost their entire enterprise. But they picked up. They moved a few miles south. They moved up onto the Farmington Bench, where the soil was deeper, and they tried again. They moved near to neighbors, to a community that was being birthed. They bought cattle. They started growing wheat. Still, living on the frontier was precarious. Hail and drought were constant threats, destroying the crops as many years as not. Blizzards, froze animals, and people alike. Our family cemetery, probably much like yours, is full of sad reminders, the children, Who died from scarlet fever, the victims of the influenza epidemic, boys who died in wars, men killed in accidents. And the cemetery and the community that still lives nearby is also full of those good stories that we love to share. We remember the men and the women who carried other families in times of trouble. We remember the beloved teachers who raised generations of children, including my own mother. We remember the faith that knit the community together in good times and bad. There has always been struggle and conflict in the life on the frontier. It is true of the frontiers of the United States with the generations before us settled. It is also true Of the spiritual frontiers into which we are all moving, even today. You see, spiritually, we live in the time between the old age and the age to come. We live in the time between when Christ came and through his death and resurrection, when the victory over death and sin, and the time when his victory will be fully realized. God's victory has been won, life is here. God looks at us and he sees us in our fullness as his victorious people. Yet at the same time, we wait for these things to become truly, fully alive in our lives. We still suffer. We still grieve. We know all too well our continuing propensity for sin. We get sick. We die. And yet we press forward Built into the core of each of us is this urge to press forward into our life in Christ. Like our pioneering ancestors before us, we are created to never be satisfied until we arrive in our true home. But like the generations before us who opened the land and sought new homelands, we too have battles that are to be waged along the way. We too have struggles, small and large. Our quest for life with God forces a confrontation with the personal, the social, and the cosmic forces that resist God's reign. St. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, calls these the rulers and the authorities, the cosmic powers of this present darkness. The spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. These are the forces of confusion, of sin, of deception that trouble our human hearts. They are systemic evils that permeate our society. They are the powers that thrive on chaos, that do not foster life but seek to dehumanize They're the cosmic forces that seek to exercise tyranny over God's good creation. Anyone who seeks to live by the word of God can expect to enter the arena against all these forces that resist transformation by the word of God. As Fleming Rutledge reminds us, the truly significant battle is the ongoing one between the Lord of Hosts and the enemy and this context at the heavenly level is enacted at the earthly level by the struggles that we all share in the realm of human affairs as christians we are on this very frontier and as on every frontier we are facing down hostile powers So today, St. Paul calls us to battle. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. God has weaponry for us against these powers. Stand, therefore, Paul tells us. Fasten the belt of truth around your waist. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. A shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The imagery that we are given here is a Christian standing firm as a fully armed Roman soldier. The Christian is wearing the full armor of God, the belt, the breastplate, the shoes, the shield, the helmet, the sword. Each of these pieces of armor is linked with a virtue or a spiritual gift. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, the word of God. Paul writes to us as a man battling at the frontiers himself. As he wrote this passage, he was in prison in Rome, the prison where he would finally die. Yet even though he is in bondage, he is free. Even in suffering, he is standing firm. He is an ambassador in chains, but he is boldly speaking God's word. You can hear the confidence in his voice. Because despite his worldly circumstances. Paul is already living in the victory of Christ. Paul is rising up with confidence because the principalities and the powers contending against him, they've already been defeated. In the Lord, salvation has already come. Stand firm, therefore, against the wiles of the devil. Stand tall. Do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that you have been set free. This is what Paul tells us elsewhere. So we wear the spiritual armor of the legionnaire. And we know that Roman legionnaires were never deployed alone. The basic unit of the Roman army was the century, a group of about 80 soldiers. And we, too, are at our best when we are not struggling alone. But when we face the enemy together, together with our households, together with our friends, together with our community. The French Huguenot village, Le Chambon-sur-Lingdon, hid and protected as many as 5,000 Jewish refugees during World War II. Under the leadership of Pastor André Trocmé and his deputy pastor, Edward Tice, the people of the village risked their lives and the lives of their families to rescue and hide Jews who were being rounded up by Nazi patrols. What gave them that kind of courage? Well, they were covered with the full armor of God, and they were doing this dangerous and heroic work together. It is easier to stand firm when your neighbors are doing the same. When risk for what is right is normalized. This is what people like us do. Well, we are not facing Nazis, but living as a Christian in our culture in America in 2018 can make us feel out of step, out of conformity in ways that can be costly. We may think twice when our convictions and our decisions how we spend our time and our money, how we treat our bodies, how we treat the bodies of other people. When these decisions incur side glances or judgment from those in our social networks, we think twice if it might be costly for our children. But we can lend one another strength, we lend one another courage when we stand together. We grow in confidence and boldness as we come together as God's people. We need this weekly nurture of worship together. We need the presence of our fellow pioneers on the frontiers of this world. We need you. We need you. We need this faithful community so that we can all set deep roots together in its rich soil. I urge you, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. As we launch into this new school year, into this new autumn filled both with so much promise and already also the darkening of the days, gird yourself. We are in this world, but God has not left us defenseless. God has given us the spiritual resources to stand firm, to be clear-eyed and confident. His energy is at work in us. Put on the whole armor of God. Let us come together, standing together in confidence that the battles that are being waged around us, the battles that are being waged within us, these are not to be feared, but they are places for our full engagement. Through Christ, God has already won the victory, and we stand strong in him.